Hey everybody and welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Tim, I'm your host for today's conversation, but before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a new resource we've developed with our friends at Youth and Children's Work magazine called Leadership 101. It's a brand new YouTube series designed to help busy youth and children's ministry leaders invest in their leadership development. There's 10 10-minute episodes covering topics like how to lead a volunteer team, giving and receiving feedback, how to lead change, and, and a whole load more. So head over to youtube.com forward slash limitless elim, where you'll find a, a leadership 101 playlist there. I, I'm really hoping that this new content is going to help you develop your gifts and sharpen your skills and flourish as a leader. And I know that today's conversation is going to do just that. So let's get on with the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. It is my delight, my joy to welcome this month, Ali Martin from Soul Survivor Watford. Welcome, Ali. Thank you. Hello, Tim. Um, so, Ali, you are a pastor here yes. at Soul Survivor Watford. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I could say now, yeah. formally of yes, that's Soul Survivor Festival. That is true, yeah. yeah. As of about a week ago, I think, or yeah. a couple of weeks, that bit of my life was no more. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you a question I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times, but yeah. maybe by putting it on the podcast, it, we can uh, <laughs> avoid you being asked it another thousand times. <laughs> Uh, how does it feel now that it's all over, now that you through the final summer and the ministries have closed down and all of that? How do yeah. you feel? Um, lots of feelings, loads of feelings. I mean, just thrilled with how it ended right up until even the last night where hundreds of people were becoming Christians. You know, it was actually we were watching back footage of it again just a couple of days ago. And it's hugely emotional just seeing hundreds of young people give their lives to the Lord right up until that moment. And so... Did you feel emotional on the last night? Only, only in as much as that, you know, when okay. I watched them coming and coming and coming and friends bringing them, yeah, I cried. Yeah. But in terms of the, the festival's finishing, even on the last day, I just so, we so knew that this is where the Lord had led us. So I remember waking up in the morning and thinking, gosh, this day feels really significant. And I couldn't work out if it felt like my wedding day or a funeral. <laughs> like I sort of was just very wet. And I just asked the Lord, take me through today. I just want to do it with you and know that you're near. Yeah. Just take me through the day. And then I didn't feel emotional. I just, I, the, the overall sense was just an, a sense of amazing privilege that for the last 20 odd years, I've been part of a ministry that hugely impacted me uh, as a delegate before then, and that I got to be part of leading that. And I just felt like all throughout the day, I just sort of took mental images and just really genuinely, thank you, Lord, that this has been part of my life. Um, And so then we had a great rest because the summer is a killer. Um, And now, yeah, just actually feeling a, a huge sense of satisfaction of we did it, and then we laid it down and now there's a whole lot of other things that you've got for us so yeah lots of feelings but really good ones yeah well think of us uh next summer while you're in mauritius and we're we're at limitless festival (laughs) you guys are going to be brilliant and we are genuinely looking forward to cheering you on not laughing at you but cheering (laughs) 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 enjoy yeah (laughs) know how you feel kind of uh, vibe yeah Amazing. So, um, you uh, have a role. Tell us a little bit about your role here yeah. at uh, Soul Survivor Watford mm-hmm. before we speak specifically about what we're going to be chatting about on the podcast today. Okay, great. Yeah, well, I'm one of the assistant pastors. 
and within that um I don't have a particular field I mean there's things that I do I look after our small groups for example but mainly um it's kind of whatever is needed in terms of I guess seeing our vision through and our values through at every level Um, whether that's at the moment of this next year we're working a lot on training leaders and would-be leaders I'm involved in that Um, and it's Sunday services training communicators getting ready to welcome our gap year students that arrive in just over a week's time Um, it's a quite a fluid thing I do speaking and leading on the Sunday but I think probably within that it's this kind of uh, one of my soft titles is the values queen like (laughs) is this this us and how do we make sure that every level it is the us that God called us to be I suppose and what that looks like on any given week hugely changes and you're also really passionate about communication and preaching yes Um, and you help communicators around here to grow and to develop and uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today we're going to be talking about effective communication or effective preaching particularly in a youth setting yeah so this month uh, on the podcast we're going to be talking about your preparation process as well as how you structure a message yeah then next month we'll get on to the delivery side of uh, of that um, but you have written a book mm-hmm. called Loud and Clear. Yeah. Uh, as well as you are not only a not only a pastor, <laughs> but also author and YouTuber now. Right. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally earning my kids' respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you've developed some of that content into a um, into a course, yep. you, a, mm-hmm. a video course, mm-hmm. which can be found on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book and a little bit about the the course, so okay. that um, following this podcast, if people want to know more, go a bit further, they can access some of that material. Great. Well, where the book came from was at the time I was training individuals, um, generally fairly inexperienced individuals, and I. I was sitting down with them one-on-one, help them with their prep, and then critique and feedback afterwards. And one of these people said to me, I feel like we could do with learning from each other. And so I sort of amassed all of that stuff and taught them. And then one of them said, turn that into a book. And I guess the book for me is taking this idea that you might not have a clue where to begin. For me, I guess especially with our history with Soul Survivor, I'm always thinking of young leaders and emerging leaders. And like I was once thinking, I think God is calling me to communicate from his word because whenever I read his word, I can't help but think, what would I do with this? And people need to hear this. All of that stuff. And I'm thinking, I know that there are just thousands of young people out there who either they sense or their youth leaders sense there's something about them and I think we should get them going. But how do they even begin like, where do you even, does a talk just kind of jump out the pages of the Bible? You know, someone once said, oh, I just always have thought that the Holy Spirit would like, when you stood up in front of people, the Holy Spirit would give you what you needed to say. Oh, I wish that was the case. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'd all get a lot more hours of yeah, our yeah, lives yeah, back. Yeah, we sure would, yeah. But I thought for this young person who said that, gosh, what a pressure to sort of think that that's the way that it should work. Anyway, I really wanted to take people through that process of saying, you've got no clue, here's where to start. But also to say, maybe you've been doing it for a little while, but you're not aware of your blind spots, because none of us are, Mm. and and trying to help them to think about it in quite a 360 way. And I saw that the training that was out there tended to either focus on how to dig into the word or how to be a great presenter. And I thought, actually, we really need both. Both. It's no good having great content if people aren't going to listen to it. And it's no good being the most charismatic presenter in the room if you're not bringing 
the worth from the word of God. That's good. So that was where it came from me. And so, so the book came out, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, get it across loud and clear it's got a long title um, and then I've also been doing training days from that and our training days we put them all up on YouTube but they're long they're like hours yeah. and hours long and one of our team came to me and said what if we took some of this stuff and just made it a bit more bite-sized yeah. didn't focus on everything which is hard for me because once you've said everything in a book or in a training course you think no but I need to it's yeah, important it's that we hard, talk yeah. about you know but actually we just chose four subjects um, for the for this little online course and it was a mixture of me giving a little bit piece to camera interviews like with you and other friends um, some classroom work and that happens in just 25 minutes and the idea being that youth groups either together or individuals on their own could watch it and begin to put some of that stuff into action so things around preparation identifying great stories mm. um working on your delivery and then also proactively seeking out and receiving feedback and that as a mechanism to get better so that's where those so it's just four sessions that's where they ended and they're all on YouTube and there's like a little downloadable PDF that you can use with that as well and I think it's 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 a really good tool as you say for individuals leaders listening to this who are seeking to become better communicators themselves but also for those leaders listening who are seeking to raise up yes. communicators around them, it's something they can watch together and discuss, isn't it? So it's yeah. a really good tool for that. Yeah. Um, so look so. out for that one, guys, on YouTube. Uh, we, where can we find that? So, do you know, that's a really good question <laughs> in that um, it was always... Yeah, I think it's still on the soulsurvivor.com website, which okay. hasn't died. Um, yeah, so soulsurvivor.com. Find, it, that, find it through that. Yeah. All right, so talk us through your process then. How, <laughs> where, how do you begin to prepare for a message? What, what is your process? Where yes. do you start? Okay. I guess usually, most of the time, when I've got freedom, I start with the stuff that God is speaking to me about. Yeah. Um, so, for example, this summer, um, I spoke on uh, the little interaction between Jesus, Mary, and Martha. You know, Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. Few things are needed, indeed, only one. And that really just came out of stuff that God was so clearly speaking to me about. And as I began to have conversations with other people, I thought, oh gosh, this whole thing about distraction Mm. really seems to be like not just something that's particular to me. And I found that, you know, there's this great little line that Jesus says to his followers, and I can never remember where, I think it's Matthew 10, but anyway, where he says, what is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. And I tend to think in speaking, that's where it starts. I mean, that's taking that verse out of context, but it's like, oh, you're whispering this to me. Hold on. I think there's other people that need to hear this same thing. So all that says, it usually starts with the things that God is whispering to me about, that I'm just for my own growth and walk with Jesus. I'm digging into, I'm thinking about, I'm reading around. Sometimes, of course, it has to start from a different place. If you're told you need to speak on. Yeah, um, or if it's part of a series that you're exactly. doing. Exactly, yeah. which isn't so common for us here. Right. Um, but for example, I'm speaking this Sunday at our church and it's a guest service because we've got baptisms and yeah. dedications and all of that. And so it, I, I, I've got to speak to the non-Christians in the room. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I've got no starting point other than I want to just really put you yeah. on the spotlight and I want to really help people just get a bit more of a sense of who you are and why you're yeah. worth following so but it, ordinary, and it yeah. highlights the importance Ali doesn't it of um, for us as leaders and, and communicators 
to be having a prayer life and yeah. having a having a devotional time totally. that we that we go to the word and spend time with the Lord not just to prepare a message yes. but just to hear from him and and to allow him to to speak to us not so that we can turn that into a message but very often the things that we're yeah. that we're hearing from him in that in that private place in our in our personal discipleship are the things that end up yes. coming out as messages aren't they that's so true my dad always used to say that when speaking you don't go to the word for what to say you come from the word with what to say oh that's nice and I love that um, that idea of even if it is like this week where I, I have to speak on a certain thing that actually there's this sense of a life lived in the word that means that then there's just this richness mm. of just yeah this is who God is and this is what he's saying and yeah yeah. Um, so you get a sense of, of, where, of what, what you want to talk about, yeah. your theme, your what? topic, what's next? So what's next for me always is around reading, primarily the Bible. Okay. So around, let's say, the passage, I will read it in lots of different translations. Okay. Um, I have a little rule on that. So I'm looking for consistency in the translations, not like the rogue one that says something else. But I'm looking for that layering up and the way that different translations just cause a different... Um, a different word to leap out of me. Yeah. I think of this stage being like Bible detectives. Okay. So I'm trying not to settle too much on, this is the talk I'm going to give, and it's I'm just now looking for the Bible to confirm that. I'm literally looking for what was going on here, what was the... And I'm trying to immerse myself in it to the extent that I'm thinking... So, for example, going back to the Martha situation, like... What was going on with her? Like she'd invited Jesus into her home. So I'm I'm spending enough time to sort of be in it that I'm thinking about her as a person okay. and that interaction with Jesus. So I really and I don't So th- this is yeah. this sounds like this stage of your process is yeah. more uh, devotional and meditative yeah. rather than academic at yes. this point in more the process. More that than that. I mean yeah. and if anything, it's thoughtful and it's pondering and reflective. it's reflective. Yeah. 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 And so and I find that it's like they then you get a little lead. You know, you think, yeah. oh I want to dig into that word a bit more. Yeah. Or what was the other times that Jesus encountered Martha? Or, you know, was there okay. any other time that Jesus talked about worry or distraction? Okay. Or you know, and so yeah. I'm I'm thinking and I tend to be very messy at this stage. So I tend to have paper in front of me and I just write down anything that comes to mind. Yeah might highlight right I want to follow that I want to you know I want to read into that and I will look at things like commentaries um so I've got the new bible commentary I do a lot online now as I'm sure most people do so bible gateway I'm using that for my different versions for keywords uh, blue letter bible online interestingly someone bought me a commentary that is um written by women about any interaction in the Bible around a woman oh, wow. and gives some cultural insight there. Mm. You know, that, that's that's like an, an interesting extra one if I'm speaking on something that happens to involve women. Um, but it really is this Bible detective thing. What is going on here? What are you saying? And it's sitting in it. And I would say it's also like putting it through the lens of my life. What does this look like for me, Lord? What... How have you spoken to me about this subject? What might that look like if I was in the room? You know, it's, but yeah, for me, it tends to be then a mixture of study, reflection, real life. Like okay. if this was their real life, what does that look like yeah. now? And I'm beginning to think always then about my audience yeah okay as I be, you know so it's not too personal to me but I'm thinking who am I speaking to what does this look like in their life 
Mm. So going back to the guest service on Sunday, over all of my reading that I'm doing at the minute and pondering and jotting down notes, I've got this um, sort of banner or filter, I guess, that is like, the people I'm really speaking to on Sunday are those that are our guests. They don't yeah. know Jesus. So I'm thinking, what is this? How does this land in them? Yeah, okay. What do they even understand about this story that I'm talking about? Yeah. And how do I how do I just draw them into this this story and into yeah. Jesus? And so for me, I think this whole thing about thinking about your audience okay. is really important. So if you're if you're preaching in a youth context, then yeah. you're you're thinking about well, what does this look like if you're the only Christian in your class at yeah. school? What does this look like if you're battling with anxiety? What does yes. this look like if you've got a pornography addiction? What yeah. does this look like for you if you've just gone through a breakup or you're just getting into a relationship and you're trying to put yourself yeah. in the shoes, I guess, of the, of the young people in the room and, 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 and how they'll identify with the message and the yes. text. Yes. And where then for me, one of the things that will come out with, or two actually, is my illustrations. So making sure that my stories match my audience. So That's good. And they don't yeah. always come until later, but you're trying to think, yeah, like, what, yeah, where would this land with them? What are the sort of, um, mental images that will make sense to them that they mm. will relate to so that's one way that that's going to be I'm going to be searching for that and yeah. praying for that I'm always asking Lord, give me good stories because I know that stories not only hook people and draw their attention but it's what often makes the message land yeah that's right yeah and really stay with people and so like for example when you came this summer and you told the story um for those of you that didn't know about breaking your toe <laughs> and um it, it will it just it grabs people they're all there with you but also it stays with them because it's such a strong image and then often recalling that image helps people unlock the material yeah. and so i'm thinking about that for my stories i'm thinking also about my audience for the application the so Very what good. and the now what and so I'm thinking what what by the end of this talk what am I wanting them to do or think or feel and I can't prescribe that but one of the things that I want to say for example at this guest service is um you might not be ready to be all in but maybe you'd come and hang out like Jesus always had a crowd that were just watching him from a distance going who is this man and what is he up to I am going to invite them to follow him and be all in for him just like the disciples but I'm also going to say it's all right if you just want to watch him from a distance for a little while because he's so actually good. really worth yeah. you know keeping your eyes on him um and so for the application again for young people or for any audience I'm thinking what does this look like in their life what might it look like them how might this be outworked in their life and these are things in the preparation stage that I will try not to panic about although I usually will um but I would just be holding it yeah. and like you know yeah, it's like a filter, filter through which exactly, you're passing the filter. your study and your reflection and yeah, yeah. that's good yeah. and, I, and I, I love what you're saying there because when I when I look at how Jesus communicated what I see is that he always started with where people were yeah not with where he was yeah. or where he wanted them eventually to be. Yeah. He started with where they were and, and he took them on a journey from that point, didn't he? And, yeah. and that's what you're talking about there, isn't yes. it? You're, you're trying to get yourself into the, the mindset of the people who are, who are listening. Yeah. In this case, you know, the, the young people who are with you in your youth group or at the youth yeah. event or wherever it is you're speaking. And, yeah. Okay, and ha, ha, how, do I, how, do I, how do I bring this truth from the word into their world in a yes. way that they'll understand. Yeah. So and as he did that, I mean, he was a genius because then he literally would be like grabbing a kid out of the audience going, see this child? Yeah. Unless you become like one of these. Or yeah. you see the fields over there and how white they are. Yeah. And so again, he's like, he's thinking about their journey, 
like you say, where they're at. And then he's also like, what's recognisable to them? What's an image that's going to stick with them? So the next time they see a kid or the next time they see the harvest again ready, they're like, oh gosh, yeah, the harvest is ready. We need workers. Or, you know, whatever it is. And that's what you're saying with the illustrations, isn't it? Like, it's hard for us to recognise it because the illustrations that he used are yeah. different from our world experience, but they were so common. Yeah. You know, when he talked about, you know, farming or, or sowing or planting or reaping yeah. or fishing or, you yeah. know, or, or, or uh, whatever illustrations he yeah. used, the, these were very really present common. in the world of the people he was communicating to. So yeah. that's what you're saying, isn't it, yes. in terms of your illustrations? Absolutely. You're thinking about what is familiar yes. and how can I help them understand using familiar ideas and environments yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah. great. Okay, so... Tell us then, what are some of your go-tos in terms of, you, you mentioned study, you, yeah. you, you touched on a couple of websites, yeah. but in terms of what are the, what are the commentaries that you use, yeah. what are the resources that you use, what are the websites that you go yeah. to that help you? Yeah, so other than the ones I've mentioned, I'm trying to think, um, yeah. Well, mention them again. Just okay, mention, so, okay. So, so yeah, Bible Gateway. I'm sure loads of people use it, but great yeah. for just getting your way around the Bible. Uh, Blue Letter Bible. So I find that really helpful. That's, that's online. I mean, and you can use it for um, looking up the original Greek and how else that was used and where else. And like getting a little bit more of the juice sometimes okay. out yeah. of the meaning. So getting under the surface a little bit. Exactly. So Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. Great. Find that really good for more Bible detective stuff. Because yep. then it will tell yep. you other places yep. where that word is used. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, you know, okay. So... And same with Bible Gateway, actually. If you're thinking of things like um, the breath of God, and suddenly you're like, oh, he breathed on Adam. He, there's the breath of, in Ezekiel. There's yeah. the breath. In, and suddenly, often I find it's the detective stuff that is yeah. like sparking off. Oh, Lord, you're doing something. You're saying, you know. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. It almost it feels like the, the sermon begins to rise up out yeah. of the... Anyway, I'm yeah. getting off the subject of resources. So... <laughs> Those two, I think, yes, I use the new Bible commentary, um, IVP, big chunky thing. Um, Do you know one, once, I've used it less recently, but I still think it's a great resource, um, called Unlocking the Bible by David Corson. And he writes um, a chapter on every book of the Bible. And where I love it, it feels like reading a sermon, but it just covers... You know, like at the first page of your NIV study Bible, yeah. it does, who is it written to? Why did they write it? It's like a much longer version of that. Very, um, not quite conversational, but very accessible. Yeah. That just helps me think about the original audience and any nuances. And I find that quite helpful if I'm speaking, I don't know, say from a passage in the letter, one of the letters, like just reminding myself if I don't already know, you know, yeah, the audience and the me- the original purpose. And sometimes it's as you dig into what it meant for them that you're more able to do that jump into, okay, life is a bit different for us now. Not that different, but you know, what does that look like for us today? If that's what was going on with them, what are our issues today where we still need to hear this truth? So I do really like that one. Yeah. Um, I do I do use the um, New Bible Dictionary. Um, it's My one is ancient now. In fact, I stole it from my friend Mike and then I didn't ever give it back to him. He's still got his name in the front. But, um, yeah, but again, like if I'm looking up the breath of God and it'll just really dig into what that word means. Yeah. Sometimes I hear people um, say, I'm speaking on the breath of God today and the Oxford English Dictionary defines breath as... And in that moment, I'm like, 
why go there? I don't really mm. care what, how we use it in our language. Yeah. I want to know when the people are reading or having the scriptures read to them, what did they understand by the word yeah, breath yeah. or power or spirit or whatever the word yeah. is? So I find that is, it doesn't come into every talk. My talk on distraction, for example, isn't going to do it. Some, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, Google. I know you have to be so careful <laughs> where you end up. But um, I, yeah, like even uh, this one for Sunday, talking about the disciples being fishers of men, I just wanted to spend a bit more time just pulling out that. And I would remembered hearing in the sermon just a different interpreta- interpretation of what that actually meant, rather than it being about evangelism, it was to do with Jesus kind of staking a messianic claim. And so I just wanted to dig into that. You do have to be discerning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're writing your talk according to Wikipedia, then... <laughs> <laughs> I also use other people's sermons. I have to be careful with that, because obviously you don't want to... But sometimes when I've got, I would say, maybe 70 to 80% of my prep done, yeah. I'll listen to a preacher who I really respect. And it might just spark an idea. Totally. Yeah. So whether that's for me, John Mark Homer, Tim Keller, you know, some of those people that, that think quite differently to okay. me... Yeah. Um, and communicate differently to me, but it will just um, sometimes reinforce or add something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. Spurgeon. I also read the sermons of Spurgeon. Wow, Um, okay. Not like, I mean, my gosh, he can take like three words and do a four-hour talk on them. But loads of his sermons are online. And so if you literally were writing a talk on nearly anything and then put his name afterwards there's usually there's some stuff you can read online and just it's so dense but there's so much good stuff uh, that's in there. some good advice yeah that's some good advice okay final question then yeah uh, and and then we'll draw this uh, month's episode to a close mm-hmm. is this you, you you've been doing your reflection you've put yourself in the story mm-hmm. you've been doing your study you've been getting underneath the text finding out some of the original meaning of the yeah. words and how that was understood in the context, what it meant to the people who were originally listening to the teaching or reading yeah. uh, the teaching. And you've got now an idea of what you mm-hmm. want to say. Mm-hmm. How do you go about structuring mm-hmm. your messages? Do you always structure your message in the same way? Do you always follow the same structure? Are you are you a three-point person? <laughs> are you a one-point person? Yeah. Um, do you use your introductions and your you, you touched a little bit earlier yeah. on on your applications? Do you yeah. use those in the same way? How, how do you structure? Gosh, do you know what I would say genuinely it's different for every single talk I okay. do. And I tend to think of it as elements. So often when I... Uh, when I prepare a talk I will imagine it more like a sort of I don't know spider diagram I've got my main thing in the middle this is what I want to talk about Um, and I will try and narrow that so rather than just I'm going to talk about this parable or distraction I will try and give it a distinctive within that okay and then everything else and you can't see my hands but they're going you know to the dozen (laughs) um, that uh, you know I've got all of my elements I've got this insight I've got what it looks like in my life it's got this application it's got these stories it's got you know for Martha this for Mary that for Jesus this and then I'm thinking mainly I look at it and I try to apply some logic where do I want to start like how am I going to hook people in and often that's um, not always but often that's quite um, when I say personal I don't mean overly personal but it's the things that people go oh my gosh what Ali just said, that's me. That's, yeah. you know, where I'm at, okay. whatever. So, but not necessarily. But you're wanting to use your introduction as a way to engage people yes. in what is yet to come. Exactly. You, you want to present it in a way that after the introduction, 
now the people who are listening want to listen to the rest of the exactly. message. Okay. I see an introduction as like, get on the get in the car, we're going on a journey. Yeah, good, <laughs> you good. know, that's, so that's how I that's see helpful. an introduction. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, and then I literally I'm looking at the elements and going, what makes sense? And where do I want to kind of drive this? Um, and so often there will be some stuff that almost um, structurally wise it doesn't kind of matter about the order particularly in the first half as long as I've covered this, this, this and this it doesn't really matter but then I'm getting to the point where I was like right I want to land some things now really clearly in your mind so again just to reference the stuff on distraction just to help that so I talked about my own journey with that and I talked I went through the story of Mary and Martha and I talked about Martha's problem being our problem you know she was distracted we get distracted and I talked about this thing that Jesus pointed everyone to Mary and what was it that she was choosing you know I talked around that but then I what I really wanted to say is ultimately in this story the one that we always you know where we always end up is eyes on Jesus and Jesus lived this amazing life that was focused on the cross but free to be interrupted so what did he do that enabled him to do that and how can we learn from him and it was at that point that I began to use a probably a maybe a more obvious structure where people could see my points okay and where I wanted them to see my points where if they were taking notes they could go okay Right. You know, Jesus got his friends involved. Jesus um, always uh, withdrew to be with the Father. You know, he, okay. those things. But I, I want them then to be able to follow. Yeah. If I ever lean towards a structure, it probably is that. It yeah. probably is a sense of, yeah, story and mishmash and unpacking and this is what it looks like for us, blah, 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 blah. And then this is where we're going to land that in these yeah. takeaway points that have some sort of... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Something for us to do something with what we've heard. Yes. Is and that important for you that you always land it in a uh, here's something you can now do with this message? Do you know, not always. I, so sometimes I will leave, that's where I want to drive people to. Yeah. Often I want to just throw that out there as I go. Yeah. So, okay. you know, like um, I'll be saying along the way, so have we thought about putting our phones down have we thought about how regularly we were yeah. drawing to spend time with Jesus so the application is in there okay um, and then you know I'm landing somewhere different um, with the talk for the guest service on Sunday I'm very much thinking where do I want to leave them and I want to leave them with an um, an ask is too strong a word but I want to put something great yeah. word yeah an opportunity and so I do feel like I'm driving towards that point hmm. and so I think that is important when we're structuring is where am I driving this to where do I want to land it and that will again influence the order that we speak in I do think structure and maybe I'm wrong on this I do think it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. You kind of have to let the, the talk, the passage that you're basing it in, sometimes that gives you a very obvious structure. That's interesting. If, if, yeah. you're, if you're a bit kind of more, I guess, fluid with your structure message by message, mm. how do you make sure <laughs> that it doesn't end up in just kind of a like an explosion a stream of, of thoughts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's not like a load of waffle and it's yeah. not... There's not yeah. too many too too many thoughts for people to do anything with. You know, there's a clear through yeah. line. And all, how how do you make sure yeah. that that happens? In I think messages? by my nature, I'm quite a process person. Yeah. So I think I I will lean towards structure. Having said that, I still now and we as a team run our talks by each other. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. 
before you do them. Yeah. yeah. And often a couple of different stages. So I've been on the phone with my friend Andy this morning going, this is what I'm thinking of Sunday. Come back to me with any thoughts. Great. And he's a genius with structure. Yeah. And he's a genius with lots of things. And he'll often say to me, you need to move that bit earlier or, okay. or change the words, you know. And so I think I'm a big believer in our talks that we don't need to and we shouldn't try to have everything in our own resources. And that in any given talk we will have blind spots because we get so into it, don't we? And yeah, we get so yeah. like Im- immersed in the process. And I think sometimes there's the, the, we feel like the pressure as well, don't we, to yes. say everything that the passage yes. is saying. And that yeah. makes that makes it that makes it a, a, a worse message, not a better one, because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, I, I think we need to re- relieve ourselves of that pressure sometimes. We study, we study the passage... We, le- we learn something that's really, really cool. We say, well, I must say that, I must say that, but it's not so actually true. really what we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes the key to a great message is in what's left out, not in what's kept so in, isn't true. it? So far, youth leaders listening, I mean, one of your takeaways from this podcast might be that in the preparation of your message, go, go chat to your, your senior minister and, and, and run your message past them and say, hey, give me some advice. Let me, let me know what you're thinking about this. How could I structure this better? Uh, what, what, what are you thinking before you deliver it to your young people? And that might help you to, uh, to get a stronger message. And this has been such a good podcast and there's so much more to talk about and I know people are going to want to tune in next month as well. So just a reminder to everybody, if, if you want to take this further, uh, there's the book available, I'm sure, where uh, all good books are sold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, soulsurvivor.com for the loud and clear uh, YouTube series, uh, which will help you to take some of these thoughts further as well. Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast today, but thank you even more so for all you are doing to invest in the lives of young people where you are. You know, I cannot think of anything more important that you could give your life to than passing on the gospel to the next generation. So keep going. Don't give up. What you're doing is so valuable. It's so important. Good job. And and, and if this content has helped you to do that job better, uh, then why not share it with another youth leader you know? You can do that by sharing it on your social channels, of course, or you can rate and review it on your podcast provider, which helps to get it out there. And stay in touch with us on our social channels too. We're at Limitless Elim on Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And I'll see you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.